Welcome to the Medgaya Talks podcast, hosted by the Medgaya Club. We are a group of STEM students, and in this podcast, we are going to explore STEM-related topics, suggest solutions to problems, and advocate for issues we are passionate about. I'm Megan, and I'll be your host. I'm Rhea, and I'll be your co-host. And I am Vaishnavi, a club member joining the discussion this week. A pandemic is not just a medical phenomenon. It's not something we can just observe and study. It's something that affects all of us and causes distortion. During the past year, we all had to quarantine to stop the virus from spreading. And quarantine and self-isolation have a negative impact on our, on our mental health status. Separating from loved ones and the loss of freedom we had to face surely left us with anxiety, stress, and even trauma. The UN definition of mental health, as stated, is a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Also, the Mental Health Foundation states that the good mental health is not simply the absence of diagnosable mental illnesses. It is a person's ability to feel, express, manage a range of positive and negative emotions, form and maintain good relationships with others, cope up with change and uncertainty. According to these definitions, do you think your mental health is great? or bad right now? I think I'm doing pretty good. Even I am doing good. The definition of a pandemic as stated by the World Health Organization is an epidemic occurring worldwide or over a very wide area crossing international boundaries and usually affecting a large number of people. The SARS COVID-19 virus has halted critical mental health services in 93% of the countries worldwide. Bear in mind that the World Health Organization has identified mental health as a vital component of the COVID-19 response plan. So how do you think the pandemic impacted mental health care around the world? I have some stats here with me. Unfortunately, people from 130 countries reported 60% disruptions to mental health services for vulnerable people, including children and adolescents. 78% reported at least partial disruptions to school and 75% reported workplace mental health service according to a WHO survey. 89% of countries reported in a WHO survey that while mental health and physiosocial support are part of their nation COVID-19 response plans, only 75% of these countries have full additional funding for carrying out these activities. A WHO survey came to the conclusion that the main cause of disruption were identified as a decrease in outpatient volume due to patients not presenting travel restrictions, preventing access to healthcare facilities for patients, and a decrease in inpatient volume due to cancellation of elective care. That's awful. Yeah, that's pretty bad. We are concerned that before the pandemic, countries were spending 2% of their health budget on mental health, 
struggling to meet the demands. We should all feel alarmed that stress and anxiety during the pandemic can lead to fear and anxiety about one's health and the health of their loved ones, their financial situation or loss of support services one relies on, changes in sleep or eating patterns, difficulty sleeping or concentrating, worsening of chronic health problems, worsening of mental health conditions, increased use of addictive substances, for example, tobacco and alcohol. We should keep in mind that social isolation significantly increases a person's risk of premature death from all causes. For example, the heightened health risk is as much as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, having alcohol use disorder, and it's 200% more damaging to mental health and physical health than obesity. Human beings are social creatures. We are happier and perform better when connected to others. According to stats, this pandemic had an awful impact on older adults, 50 plus, where it increased the risk of dementia by 40% due to loneliness, which in turn resulted in increased stress, therefore leading to an inferior immune system and this leading to a higher risk of getting a disease. The people most likely to feel lonely are the elderly, immigrants, and the LGBTQ community. Yeah, I think we should all actively participate in supporting different groups of people so that they do not feel lonely. There have been 350 reported instances of functioning programs related to mental health care. 40% were directed at improving mental health literacy or combating stigma, and 12% were pointed at suicide prevention. Looking at how countries deal with their mental health care response, only less than 70% from a total of 177 countries listed several mental disorders in their national insurance. 27% of these countries have pointed out the fact that mental health disorders are not mentioned in their national insurance. And out of this, 19% direct mental health disorders as excluded conditions from the national insurance. Possible limitations. SARS-CoV-1 outbreak 2003. There were only 8,400 cases, so the sampling group is quite small. Recalling, during the SARS outbreak in 2003, the number of suicides for people over the age of 65 increased by 30%. Remembering that in 2004, 64% of SARS survivors scored above the GTQ-12 cutoff that suggests psychiatric morbidity. All of us in the mental health care community need to do our best to spread awareness and educate others about what's going on, and even show compassion to those affected by the disorders. Give someone a hug because you never know when they might need it. Well, that's it from us on this episode. We'll catch you later on next week's episode, Center Around Solutions to Poor Mental Health. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.